Our emails in here are jeff at tpwc.com and jake at tpwc.com. If you've got a solution for this, then I'm missing someplace. Because apparently there's a lot of people who think we shouldn't raise the debt ceiling. We shouldn't pay our bill, which is, like Janet Yellen said, undoubtedly catastrophic for everybody. Everybody will be hurt by that. Uh, I don't care where you are, what you're doing. It will damage the United States permanently for a quarter of a century. The United States of America has always paid its bills on time. To suddenly decide that the way to deal with the fact that they're spending too much. And again, all spending mills have to originate in the House of Representatives, which has a Republican majority. The way to not spend more is to not pay the bills, according to them. I don't get that. I know yeah. I'm being utterly simplistic, yeah. but I don't care whether it's Democrats or Republicans. It has to it has to come from the House. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. And welcome to another exciting episode, or second hour, of The Personal Wealth Coach, starring Jake and Jeff McClure. Together, we're here to tell you about the economy. Uh, Separately, we're also here to tell you about the economy. So if you wish to hear about the economy, that's what we will talk about. If you don't wish to hear about the economy, we're still going to talk about it. Just letting you know, we're, we are not uh, uh, customizable too much in our uh, choice of topics. If you wish us to talk about team sports, you will hear the most impressive drivel of ignorance and a lack of knowledge that I'm sure anyone has ever heard on the subject because neither of us has knowledge as to who won the Super Bowl last year, um, who uh, is playing in any of the college sport finals or even what teams are in which league, including the difference between basketball teams and football teams. The depth of our knowledge there is very, very shallow and the depth of our ignorance is unfathomable. We do have some knowledge on other areas. Um, That is an accurate statement. Yes. Uh, As I said last hour, and I think it's important to know, the United States economy is behaving in a manner that I don't think any of us have seen, except maybe in the early 80s, but it wasn't even like this in the 1980s. What we're seeing is a host of things going on in the economy that are, in modern history, unprecedented. There's some good argument that it could be, a, in many ways, a parallel to what happened about 100 years ago, but we weren't keeping really good records at that point. The computer records, have, the computer files have been lost from 100 years ago. At least no one can find them. So what we've got is a situation where the economy is running along very, very strong, very healthy looking economy everywhere you look at it. And if you've been out on I-35 or any other interstate recently, you will notice that there's a lot of people moving around, doing things, buying things, selling things. If you've been to a restaurant recently, uh, you will notice that they tend to be pretty full. So that's a good sign. All of the indications are there that we have a healthy economy. Uh, One of the prime indicators of whether our economy is healthy or not is Walmart, believe it or not. And Walmart just broke records again for same store sales for total volume you go down the list as these in as these earnings reports come in for the first quarter we're seeing everything indicating we're in a very 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 healthy fast growing economy but all the indicators are pointing in the other direction but we haven't really talked about the most important elephant in the room the elephant which is that um, the debt ceiling elephant not yeah. being uh, chosen improperly and that this 
the the Republicans are the ones making the biggest waves about shutting down the government. Um, not the government. Uh, government shutdown would not be bad. Well, I mean, I mean we've done shut, that before. Yeah, and, shutting down the government, not paying debts. Yeah. Well, we shut down the government before by not passing a budget, mm -hmm. and we survived that very nicely, although it did get the United States credit downgraded. Not paying our bills, when due, and, and by the way, when due is January, I mean, June 1st and June 2nd, there are some very large quantities of treasury bills that come due. And the United States, what happens when you buy a treasury bill is you buy it for whatever discount price it is. And for every bill that you bought, the United States government gives you a thousand dollars. Ten thousand. Ten thousand? Yes. Or ten thousand dollars per bill? U US oh, yeah, government 10, 000, is all right. ten thousand. Yeah. It's ten thousand dollars for every bill that you bought. Cool. Well, we may not have enough money. The Treasury may not have enough money to pay off all the Treasury bills that come due on the first and second of June. And if they don't, for the first time in our nation's history, we will have failed to pay on a Treasury security. In other words, the United States of, of America borrowed ten thousand dollars, and I don't know if you'll even get a letter that say, "Sorry, uh, we don't have any money to pay you back with." Yeah. Uh, the, one of the technical aspects is a lot of the companies, brokerage firms and so on that are holding these treasuries for you have had to quickly change their internal code book because it had just been written into the system that that interest payments occurred on these specific days because they don't have a variability. With a corporate bond, you might say, hey, this isn't going to happen on this day. And they would write in the controls to say this didn't happen or this does happen. They're having to write those pieces of software to say, even though we thought forever interest payments were always going to occur for U.S. Treasuries, now we have to write code that say sometimes it might get skipped. Yeah, the, I think a lot of people have a government shutdown and what is about to happen mixed up because we have had a couple of government shutdowns. And right. The park service closed the parks and people were not non-vital. People were told to stay home because we couldn't afford to pay them. And people miss paychecks and military people miss paychecks. And I even got a, I read where a congressman is saying we're going to pass a special bill saying the, the Treasury has to pay its uh, service members first. Well, the point is, if the Treasury is out of money. There isn't off, a first. <laughs> when you don't have any money, there isn't a first payment option. The first payments, by definition, constitutionally have to be made to Treasury security holders. Yeah. There's a constant, the 14th Amendment and says that. Shortly thereafter, by the way, if, you, if you're drawing Social Security, uh, I don't know what you get. I, I, I don't know how that's going to work. Right. The, but the, can, everywhere can I, else, go ahead. The, the, what, what is happening now? Because we stopped being able to borrow new money January 1st. And so how are we doing this? We're not borrowing money. Well, the Treasury is using what they call extraordinary measures. If you are in the service, in the military service, or you're a civil servant, and you're putting money in your thrift savings plan, the TSP, any money that you have put into the G fund, which is the short-term U.S. government fund, it is absolutely the best short-term guarantee you can get because of the 14th Amendment. But any money that you have said direct this money to the G fund since January 1st has instead been used to pay bills. Janet Yellen wrote a letter saying, we're, as one extraordinary measure, we are using the new investment being month-to-month -month put into the G fund by all people able to put money into the G fund as part of our extraordinary measures. Now, afterwards, they have to pay that back. But it's borrowing without actually having to borrow. It's more like deferred compensation at a, at a workplace. 
Um, it's If it was at a workplace, it wouldn't be legal, uh, but the U.S. government's allowed to do that. Uh, some of the other things that they're doing is if they've already put money into an account to pay for a road or uh, a change of military operations or whatever, they're taking money out of those to use to pay the debts and to pay payroll rather than buying the new stuff. So where this has been affecting is the uh, government contractors are already in a places where Either they're not getting paid or they're not getting paid on the schedule that they expected. Uh, once we get to the point where there's no money left, what you said about Social Security, it could mean anything. It could mean any check from the U.S. government just doesn't occur. That's the VA. That's Social Security. That's Medicare. So what can that affect? Hospitals, schools, the GI Bill is with universities. Just go down the list of everything where government money touches it, and that's just not going to happen. Terrifying. Now I'm handing it back to you. Well, the general consensus is the holders of treasury securities get paid first. And then if there's any money left over, there's a priority list that the treasury has. I think social security is probably pretty high on the priority list. There's no way of, 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 they don't have the software or the capability to say, okay, we'll pay this group over here, but we won't pay this group of people. So it's kind of a first come first serve. We've, again, this is something we have never experienced in the history of the United States. We have never uh, contemplated it. There's even uh, in the United States Constitution an amendment that said that it shall not be questioned that we will pay our debts, although it doesn't say it didn't say we will pay the debt. So apparently uh, there was some thought about utilizing that and the Treasury going ahead and paying the debts anyway. But basically, if the debt ceiling isn't raised, well, I, I like the way Janet Yellen is not given to hyperbole. She's not given to wild speculation. And she said it would be catastrophic. I tend to agree. The United States economy is roaring along, and I do mean roaring along, at near capacity right now, despite all the things you may have heard about it slowing down. Um, one of the things that came out this week and we had in the newsletter was the fact that the uh, capacity utilization in our society, in other words, we have facilities for making things and providing services in the United States. And we are at 797 percent full utilization. Around 80, we start to hit roadblocks and things begin to jam up and choke points occur. So we are we have a we have a capacity utilization in the United States as we make things and, and sell things and, and provide things that people buy, which is what the economy is all about. That's pretty close to running at full speed. Unemployment remains about 3.4%, um, which is the lowest it's been in 40 years. The uh, every aspect, of even uh, even manufacturing, which looked like it was starting to peel back, has had an uptick last month. Across the board, what we're seeing is a very healthy economy running along very nicely. But I can also say, if we default on our debt, even for a short period of time, it's going to be really, really scary, and you're going to have a lot of things go wrong in a very short period of time. Yeah. Uh, there, there's really, from our perspective, this is very definitely not just shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, we're, this is mangling ourselves to do some kind of principled approach to balancing the budget. That is, this is not how you do it guys. Uh, <laughs> really, if I, we're all for figuring out where to cut the budget, but right now the Republicans are saying cut the budget or we're not going to raise the ceiling, but they are not 
giving any places to cut. They're not giving us a budget to say this is what needs to occur. Uh, this is very much like another issue that took place, uh, Obamacare, where for years the Republicans said as soon as we get control of the House and the Senate again, we're going to reverse Obamacare. And then it came around, they they got control, and they didn't have a plan to replace it with. So it's it's fine to complain about how bad something is, but you need to fix it too. And you might even get support in the fixing. We're not against fixing broken stuff, but this you don't break it more <laughs> when something's broken. This is I teach this to my daughter. If you stub your toe on a rock, kicking the rock because you're mad at the pain does not help you. This is what's happening here. The, the Republicans in Congress are kicking the rock they just stubbed their toe on. They may break their whole foot. And that's not cool because it's all of our foot. And the thing about recessions is they tend to be self-fulfilling. If enough people believe we're going to have a recession, we'll get a recession because people, businesses will stop buying things and the people who make things will start laying people off. And that's when you start, that's the first sign that a recession is imminent. And that is when we get a lot of layoffs. We get a lot of people uh, losing their job. When consumers stop spending so much, when debt creation falls. Uh, there's a host of things that we can point at and say those are the leading edge of a recession. Literally, none of that is happening right now. A lot of people are looking for it, and the first little wiggle of something, they say, ah, there it is, it's finally here, because their long-term indicators up till now have been saying consistently that the economy is due to be in a recession. As a matter of fact, if we take the leading economic indicators from last year and the yield curve from last year, they both say very, very strongly, if you take those as prophetic statements, that right now the United States of America should be in a severe recession. And instead of being in a severe recession, we continue to have record low unemployment rates. We continue to have more people joining the workforce. We have very few, historically, very few layoffs. As a matter of fact, there's fewer, there's fewer layoffs today than there were before the pandemic. So we are just in a really interesting position in the economy. As we also, as we talked about last hour, the big wild card is the debt ceiling. If the House of Representatives does not pass a debt ceiling bill that will clear the Senate to be signed by the president, then we almost certainly will have a severe recession. And this is the irony. If they don't pass a bill raising the debt limit, the interest the world demands and the people who buy treasury securities demands will rise substantially because what previously was considered a zero risk investment would be in a treasury security. There, Up till now, it has been zero risk in the sense that you will get your dollars back. If you buy $10,000 worth of treasury securities, when they mature, you get your $10,000. This is something that, if it is called into question, would result in higher interest rates demanded of the United States when we go to borrow money. And we are going to continue to borrow money. There's only two ways to get the budget balance, which a lot of people want to do. And that is dramatically rate. Well, you have to do both of them. You have to raise tax, raise taxes substantially and reduce spending. And as Jake has talked about, and I've talked about a lot on this radio program again and again and again, the total tax revenues we have right now will not pay enough money to fund the defense and Social Security and Medicare. Yeah. If you take all of retirement programs, pensions, including Social Security and military retirement, you take Medicare, um, and you take defense, that's now more than the tax revenue. Just those three things. Anything else we do, and it's not split up like that, obviously. Defense comes out throughout the year when big orders happen and when paychecks go out and so on. It's not all at the beginning of the year and that's oh, everything after this is borrowed. But if you just take those three 
very major components of the budget, we don't even have enough tax revenue to pay for just that. So moving forward, we've got to pay for it with debt. The, the interest on the debt has be, is becoming a larger and larger percentage of the debt payment as well. So having that added into the system, having the fact that we still need to make roads, any stimulus that we did from pandemic stuff, all the stuff for infrastructure spending, all these things have to occur. We don't have a functional economy and nobody wants to cut social security or Medicare. It's, it's really hard to do that. It's, it, what are you going to, you're going to cut defense? Well, right when China is, is looming over Taiwan and Russia is looming over Europe. No, we don't want to cut defense now. So where do we move? Where do we do? Uh, it's really nice to point the finger and say, we need to balance the budget. But unless you have a plan for how we're going to do that, don't shut everything down until someone else figures it out. Give yourself the task of figuring it out. Hire the best experts. Figure out what we really need, what we don't. But what you're going to find, Congress, is the same thing that you've found for years, is that it's hard to cut things that people expect to receive. If you're getting Social Security, you don't want that to stop. If you earned your military retirement pay, you don't want that to stop. If, if we need to defend the country against foreign powers, we don't want that to stop. If you are in retirement and you need health care, well, you don't need that to stop. So what do we do? There are no easy decisions at this point. That we have to make some tough ones. And that's the difficulty with a democracy is that tough decisions usually don't get you elected again until it's enough of a catastrophe looming that you make the decision anyway. Uh, right now we're in the, if it isn't, if we don't get our way, break the whole system mode. And the Democrats are just as guilty of that as the Republicans at other times. It's just the Republicans that are doing it right now. So we're, we've covered that at the end of last hour. We're covering it now. There's not anything that we can do as far as like changing a dial or a knob and saying, let's fix that. The only thing you can do is call your local rep and get that clear in their mind. Call your congressperson, call your senator, send emails, say, pass the debt ceiling. I have no problem with cutting the budget. Me either. In fact, but I'd that's... be for it. If we can find some good places to cut, let's do it. Well, here's the point. The House of Representatives, all spending bills have to originate in the House of Representatives. Correct. And for next fiscal year, they have until theoretically October 1st, although they never, they never get it done by then, uh, to make a new spending bill for the United States. Right. So if they, want to cut the, if they want to cut the deficit, it's really simple. All they have to do is pass a spending bill for next fiscal year that spends less money. Yeah. And they, I mean, they could do that at any point. They don't have to wait till the budget is due. They can start working on the budget right now. They can say, Hey, let's, let's make the, let's raise the debt ceiling and fix the budget at the same time. They're not. And that is one of the things that puzzles me. And if somebody has got a good answer for that, I, I would love to hear what it is. Why, if you want to cut the deficit, why doesn't the house, which has a majority of Republicans now, simply pass a spending bill for the next next fiscal year with less spending. And th this is coming from two guys that would absolutely support that. If you find good places to cut, let's cut. This is we got to deal with this at some point. Uh, so let's deal with it. But doing it by basically saying you cut randomly or from specific areas, but we're not going to tell you what those are or we're going to push the big red button. 
That's, and our that's email a hostage, in here, <laughs> hostage situation. Our emails in here are jeff at tpwc.com and jake at tpwc.com. If you've got a solution for this, then I'm missing someplace. Because apparently there's a lot of people who think we shouldn't raise the debt ceiling. We shouldn't pay our bill, which is, like Janet Yellen said, undoubtedly catastrophic. For everybody, everybody will be hurt by that. Uh, I don't care where you are, what you're doing. It will damage the United States permanently for a quarter of a century. The United States of America has always paid its bills on time. To suddenly decide that the way to deal with the fact that they're spending too much. And again, all spending mills have to originate in the House of Representatives, which has a Republican majority. The way to not spend more is to not pay the bills, according to them. I don't get that. I know yeah. I'm being utterly simplistic, yeah. but I don't care whether it's Democrats or Republicans. It has to it has well, to come from the House. I'll, and I'll give you a, a, an example in a more human seeming sense. If I have a client that comes in and say it's a, a dual earner couple, we're going to make them pretty wealthy. We're going to make them successful. They're two doctors, say. They're sitting in front of me and they have a big house and they have a lot of cars and they're looking at their budget and they're realizing that they're borrowing more every month and they're not breaking even, but they have a lot of income. And if either one of them, husband, wife, partner, whatever says, well, the best way to do this is just to stop paying the credit cards or to stop paying the mortgage or to stop paying the electric bill. Those are all things that you've already purchased. Yeah, that will make your budget look better. But if you don't stop purchasing, it's not going to help you. It just means you won't be able to borrow anything and you'll have to pay in advance. If you're at the electric company and you miss your Payments a lot. They want you to have a big deposit there that you can't touch, that is just there for when when they decide that you should be paying them. Um, and that's, that's not good for anybody. Uh, if we stop paying people that have actually already done work, and that goes directly to if you're in the military. Uh, you know, a government shutdown says, hey, they don't get paid. Um, and only people allowed to show up for work are the ones that if they don't show up, everything is broken. But you don't get paid for doing it. So we're just going to pay you back later if we ever come to a decision. That's a government shutdown. That didn't say Social Security recipients didn't get paid. And we didn't stop paying interest on the debt. That was just a shutdown because we couldn't agree on the budget. And the big difference here is that if there's no money in the Treasury coffers, they can't pay it. It doesn't matter if we're talking about uh, Social Security ahead or military retirements ahead of everybody else. If There's no ahead when you don't have it to pay. Uh, anybody that's been broke knows that. You don't say, I'm going to pay for my lunch before my drink if you have no money. <laughs> you don't pay for anything. That's what we're talking about. This is a bigger, bigger, bigger thing. When we call the 10-year U.S. Treasury the benchmark, what are we talking about there? Well, those things are are set up in a way that all of our other payments are linked to them. Your mortgage rates are related to treasury yields. Your car payment is related to treasury yields. When you go down the list of the things, all of our structure is based on those bills being paid. It's kind of like if you're, uh, if you're in shipping and you have a bunch of trucks and you can take your trucks anywhere and the government decides to just delete all the roads. 
<laughs> that's what the financial system is facing if the government payments don't exist. They're kind of the pathways of the financial world. They are the streaming flow of money. It's the, the flow of money from one place to another. We're not issuing bonds if we're not paying bonds. It throws a massive cloud over everything that goes on. And it sounds like we're being truly, truly pessimistic. And how could this ever be that bad? Well, be because it's not it supposed to happen. It's supposed to not happen. It's like if you stop paying your mortgage and your electricity and, and your car payment and everything else, bad, bad results will occur because of that to you and to the people that you owe money to. Everybody's hurt there. And if the government does it and they say, don't worry, we'll pay you back later. Well, they've done that with people that are working for them. That's just rude. When they do it to people that they owe money to, that's downright illegal. It says it in the Constitution, but there's nobody there to enforce it. You can't, the, the president can't arrest Congress. Congress can't arrest the president. Um, they can impeach a president. The president can uh, admonish Congress. Uh, they're separate branches. So Congress has to do this. Now, present, there's this theory going around about the 14th Amendment uh, that says that uh, we've got to pay our debts, essentially. It says the, the, any debt or obligation uh, sh shall not be in doubt. We're going to do it. But it doesn't say who's supposed to do it. Because it's pretty clear in the Constitution that Congress is supposed to do that. Well, there's this thing being passed around that the executive branch is given its guidance through the Constitution. And so the executive branch could do something to make sure that we pay the debt. But whatever it does would be illegal because that has to be approved by Congress. There are parts of the government that don't have anything to do with taxes. There's an interesting piece here. The SEC, for instance, gets a lot of its budget from fines that it puts on to people which in effect is a form of tax. It's a penalty tax. Um, the CIA gets a lot of its money from corporations that it owns in the dark uh, that are supposed to be profitable. But, you know, that's part of its revenue comes from corporations that are all over the planet that are secretly owned, at least in part, by the CIA. And why do they do that? Well, it's a lot harder to figure out what they're doing if you can't track their budget. Uh, Congress gets to have their classified oversight go in and say, where did all this money come from and do all those audits? But they don't talk to the press about that. So there are parts of the government that are going to continue to function. And there are parts of the government that cannot continue to function. And we can't run a government with just the CIA. Uh, it, it, well, the CIA probably wouldn't mind, but the rest of us would. Um, so I, I don't know. We, we can't tell you how dire this is. It's never happened before, but it's like the, the roads haven't all disappeared at the same time either. Uh, but if they did, that would be bad. It's not likely or possible for all the roads to disappear at the same time. It is possible, hopefully not likely, that the government stops paying its debts. And when we say hopefully not likely, one of the problems that I'm looking around and seeing, we're not seeing interest rates shooting into the stratosphere on the bonds out there. We're not seeing the market tank like 30% drop because nobody thinks this is going to happen yet. But if we're getting close to the last day, expect major market moves just because. Now, if, the, if they figure it out and solve it all up, the major market moves probably won't happen. So when I lay this out and people say, so are you moving everything to cash? 
No, but some people are. That would be the thing that causes the drop in the market. Uh, that's, that is where we're looking now is that if we get closer and closer to that deadline, there's going to be a lot of volatility. There's an interesting point here. If the United States defaults on June 1st, members of Congress still get their paychecks. Yep. Members of the military won't, but there is actually an art in the constitution. Article one, section six of the U S constitution states that lawmakers shall receive a compensation for their services period. As a result, it shall to, as, to be ascertained by law and paid out by the treasury of the United States. There are no exceptions for that. Um, everybody else has an exception except Congress. Members of Congress will get their paychecks and other government employees won't, which is perhaps there's a bill actually in Congress right now to say if the United States defaults, members of Congress don't get paid, but it's not moving through Congress very fast. I don't, I don't know why they're not voting for that. I mean, they're ready to shut everything else down, but that bill's not being voted for. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, I do kind of know why. And we're about out of time. This is the personal wealth coach with Jeff and Jake McClure. Uh, this is the personal wealth coach, and we do make uh, other statements than really bad puns about songs. Uh, we are uh, a, a finance program, as you would probably guess from the personal wealth coach being our title. The personal wealth coach is not just the title of the program. It's also the name of an SEC registered investment advisory firm. All right. Well, does that mean that the SEC likes us? What would you say to that, sir? I would say that the SEC is professionally dislikes almost everyone. Right. That is no implication of the SEC's approval just because we're registered with them. Why is the radio program and the firm named the same thing? Because we have to give this disclosure no matter what it is, and it's less disclosurable. It takes less time to do if it's just the same name. So we've been doing this program here uh, on this in, on this station, fourteen hundred AM in Temple, since nineteen ninety six. We've been doing this a long time, and we haven't been paid for it ever. Uh, we also <clears throat> have not ever paid for it. So we've been doing this a long, long time, and the whole idea is education. We do advertise as a firm for on the studio, uh, on the channel for this radio program. We don't actually advertise for our firm. We're advertising for the radio program. So what we're saying is that this is educational and we do occasionally get business from it, but our purpose here is truly education. That being said, it's not advice. Advice would be if I knew who you were, if the other bald guy, Jeff, knew who you were and we were able to have a private conversation with you about things in your best interest versus broadcasting to everyone. So we're going to be talking about education, which is why we do the program to begin with. So those two disclosures are really one. And having said that, do you deem to tell us another disclosure? Yes. The information we present on this educational radio program has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. And he really can't get through the week without that. I think right. uh, if you would like to talk to us off the air, we actually give individually, uh, individually crafted and customized advice based on what people are trying to achieve. That's generally and portfolio management and portfolio management. And that's generally for people with higher net worths, but we make exceptions occasionally. Um, and so you can contact us locally, voicemail available during the weekend, but actual real live people know 
phone tree during the week at? 254-947-1111. You can reach that line toll-free at 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. And I think it's important to note that we're an independent fiduciary firm. We don't work for a corporation. We only work for our clients. Right. Exactly. Uh, you can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com or tpwc.com. There's a contact form. Or you can use emails, Jeff or Jake at tpwc.com. There are uh, recordings of the radio program going back years, newsletters going back decades, uh, and you can find us wherever podcasts are given. Um, thank you very much for listening on a nice Saturday morning. And until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.